message is titled Partial Obedience. Partial Obedience. And our main text is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 5, from verse 4 to 7. Luke, chapter 5, from verse 4 to 7. Luke, chapter 5, from verse 4 to 7. And I'll quickly read. The word of God reads here. It says, When he has stopped speaking, he said to Simon, I mean, let me read from verse 3. He said, Then Jesus got, let me read from verse 3. Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, verse 6, they caught a great multitude of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats to, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Amen. Verse 9 says, So, just keep reading. He and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Says from now on you will catch men. So when they had so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Verse eleven. So I stopped there. They forsook all and followed him. I'll read the scripture and as I meditated as I pondered on the word of God. That it's amazing, you know, the Bible says the labor is worthy of his wages. When you do some work or you lend to the Lord, you lend when you lend to the poor, you lend to the Lord. But looking at this story here, that Jesus Christ came on Peter's boat, told Peter to push out a little from the land so that he could teach the multitude, so that he could preach. And Jesus did that. As Jesus finished, the Bible says Jesus told Peter that what he should launch into the deep. Amen. He should launch his nets. He didn't just call it net, but he says nets as one or two may have heard that in previous um, sermons. He told Peter to let down nets, not just a net. But the Bible says that even Peter, like the story of so many people that have been trying, have been working hard, you know, you, you've tried so many projects, you know, um, God had spoken, and you know, you look at the story of Joseph, you know, Joseph, you are going to be so great that uh, your brothers, even your parents, will bow down before you that you will feed them. And Joseph kept on year after year. It's like the story. You know, think of the children of Israel. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. They kept on going and going. But one day, they got into the promised land. Think of them. They were in the land of, uh, of Egypt for over 300 years, just like God said. But one day, uh, deliverance came. Amen. So for Peter, he had toiled. He had worked hard so much. And when Jesus said he should do that, he said, Lord, but we have toiled all night. 
you know, the, the, they say the best time for fishermen to fish is at night when the sea, the ocean is quiet. That is the best time to fish. If you watch movies as well, that's the that's the time most of these guys are set out in the night and they come in the morning with the with the catches or with the harvests of what they've done. So they've told all night and they've caught nothing. And Jesus is now asking him to let down the nets in the day. Because Jesus wasn't I don't think Jesus was preaching at night. Amen. Because they are told all night. So Jesus is now saying, okay, yes, the best time to do this thing is in the, in the night. However, I'm telling you now, let down the nets. Not just a net, let down the nets. And that is where man thinking comes. You know that, Lord, by our understanding, we are experts in this thing. The Bible says if we use the, the, foolish, if we, if we use the, the, the foolishness of this world, the foolishness of, I don't know to remember how the scripture says. It says it uses... Uh, the foolish things of this world. Thank you, the, thank you very much. The foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Amen. So, Peter was wise. And God is, Jesus is telling him otherwise. Let down the net during the daytime. Anyway, since Peter was a man, let's say a man under authority, even though he partially obeyed, because of unbelief, a little bit of doubt, he let down a net. Let me just, you know, let me just do it, you know. Casually, he just let down the net. And in letting down the net, the Bible said something here. It said that the catch was so great that they had to beckon what on their partner, which was, let me say, perhaps James and, uh, and John. And the Bible says, as we read, that when the partner came to help with one net, it says the boats their boats, both boats began to sink as, you know, they were going to shore. They began to, so the catch was so great. But what the Lord was showing me that, imagine that Peter had obeyed. Logic or math, math, mathematics would say they would have sunk. That if it was just one catch and their boats were beginning, Peter's boat could not, what does it say? The Peter's boat could not accommodate just one catch. He needed help. If he had obeyed, perhaps people would say, ah, thank God he didn't obey because both boats would have sunk. But when the word of God takes us back to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you read from verse 1 to 13, on your own time, when the Bible says there that you will learn to nations. Amen. I believe, you know, the understanding I believe was that if Peter had obeyed, Perhaps there were other fishermen on the sea at that time as well that had fished all night. Because remember that people were listening. The Bible says there were boats and Jesus just took one boat. You, Peter, let me use a boat. Perhaps there were other boats there. That if Peter had obeyed, perhaps other people would have benefited what, from that catch. Because Peter's boat was not enough. His partner's boat was not enough. Perhaps other boats would have come into play at that time. So when God tells us to do things, that's why, you know, it's God's plan is bigger than you and I. That's the truth. So when we partially obey, sometimes, you know, you, you think you've obeyed and you're enjoying it, that, oh, I'm so rich, I'm so this, and God is telling you, <laughs> like in Revelation, that, ah, you think you are rich, but you are poor, because that is not the plan. The plan is bigger than you. It's not just for your immediate family. 
But the plan is for the nations. So, when we partially obey the word of God, even though we've seen the sign and we know partially obey, we have missed out on the greatness that God has planned out. In this part, I believe Peter missed out. Because if you read, the Bible says, verse 11, that what in other... in other books of the, of the uh, in Matthew and other, it puts it in a different way that you know those guys followed Jesus. That means his partner followed because the partner were involved. Imagine those other people that were not his partners. Perhaps they too would have fors- forsaken all and would have followed Jesus because these guys that experienced it, they left all and they followed Jesus. So when we partially obey God, we miss out. Even though we are enjoying a bit of the benefit, we miss out on the bigger plan. That's what God is saying. That when he speaks to us, when he spoke in, 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 in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, he says that if you are willing and obedient, he says you shall eat the good of the land. Sometimes when we think of the good of the land, we think of the good of the land concerning us. No, the good of the land is the greatness that the plan of God concerning the land. That it will, and so people will come and appreciate and congratulate us and say, thank God for your life, that because of you, this is what has happened to me. And you will turn back and say, it's all glory to God. That's the truth. Look at Samuel. We read this morning, in, um, we read this morning about, uh, in, during the, 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 the open heaven this morning. But, and aside that, if you look at what, we let's turn our Bibles to First Samuel chapter 15. Verse 22, 23. 1 Samuel 15, verse 20, 23. The Bible says, And Saul said to Samuel, you know, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and brought back Agar, king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, verse 22, as the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. In this case, Samuel, I mean Saul, partially obeyed God. We read this morning during the open heavens how uh, we talked about when God uh, made about building altars, you know, and one of the altars was God said he will utterly blot out the Amalekite from the face of the earth, and he told Saul to go and do that bidding. And Saul, yes, he, he won the war, that's the truth, but he did not do everything God told him to do. And because of that, it cost him the kingdom. Amen. Saul did not get away with it. Peter may have gotten away with it. You and myself in, in other circumstances may have gotten away with it. But the truth is that we are robbing ourselves. The Bible says all our actions will be judged. When God, when, 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 at the end time, all our actions will be judged at the end time. When we come before the, the pearly gates, when God asks us that, these are the things I've asked you to do. Have you done it? Because the truth is that if you think of the man with the talent, the Bible says to whom more is given, more is expected. Perhaps God has brought you on earth to, with ten talents. That means perhaps God has made you here to be like 
the modern view, the likes of Bill Gates and so on and so forth. Or God could have brought you on earth to simply be the one of the president or just simply be the one to manage just one company. It will all have different talents. The question is, are we utilizing all? Peter had two, but yet he only used one. Amen. So I'm encouraging us. God is encouraging us to, you know, to, to pay attention to what he says. And we should always launch out. Let's not doubt. That's the truth. You know, I use myself as an example when God is telling us that, you know, why don't you do the free healthcare? To be honest, I'm not really interested, but okay, God, I won't. But somehow, I was like a Jonah, and that's the truth. God, you know, kind of uh, pushed, cornered Jonah in a way, you know, that Jonah had to just obey. But for me, I was just like that, you know. So, I'm not calling myself righteous in the sense that, but thank God for the prompting of those Holy Spirit that came, you know, sometimes when you just lose your peace and you ask God, why am I losing my peace? And God is saying, you lost your peace because I believe I asked you to do certain things, but you are very uncomfortable in it. Just obey and just do. Amen. When the Lord of God, when the word of God, when God says, speak to this person, just speak. Oh, but ah, God, I'm a bit shy. I'm a bit uncomfortable. You don't know. Share that testimony with somebody. You don't know where it will lead to. Amen. It's just a simple thing of obedience. And as we move this week, let's be conscious of what God is saying to us because God speaks daily. He's not a talkative, but He speaks so that we don't, we are not partially obedient. Let's not rob ourselves of the things that God wants to use you and I to do. Thank God for the like of David that obeyed God. And look at him today. It's one of People still talk about David, one of the greatest kings at all time. Now, many stories we can look at. We can look at the, uh, the, the story of, uh, the, of, the, of the young prophets. You know, when God told him to, you know, tell him to go to the land, as you get into the land, prophesy against this altar. When you finish, go out another way. And the man simply partially obeyed. That's another thing I want to bring to us as well. When we talked about meditation this morning, we talked about you know, the, 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 the little distractions in our mind that can pull us away. And sometimes men are those distractions as well. And that's the truth. When the Bible talks about a man's enemy will be of those of his, his household, not necessarily sometimes people think of it as, yes, my brother is my enemy also. It just simply means that... When the Bible says a man's home, when I pondered on it, you know, in terms of distra- in terms of little distraction, in terms of partial obedience, means that the likelihood of you missing it could be because of those that you trust the most. Because those of you trust that you not that they mean you harm, they can bring advice to you. Amen. Because out of a good deal, look at Apostle Paul. When Paul told God had told Paul that even before time, when that he's going to witness him in what? To the Gentiles in Rome. And when the prophet came, Agabus, that was well known, and prophesied that who owns these clothes, this is what is going to happen. What did, he, what did his brethren tell him? They pleaded with Paul. Ah, please don't go. You've heard this prophet that is very accurate. This is what is going to happen to you. They didn't mean Paul any harm. But thank God for Paul that had heard from the Lord himself that he needed to go. And Paul said, I am willing, I'm ready to die. Whatever it costs, just to fulfill the things of God. Because if Paul had not gone, perhaps some of the readings that we have, we are reading today, we will not read these letters. It would have robbed us. Pasha, obedience. 
is disobedient. That's the truth. So for us, God is encouraging us that whatever we do, we must just fully obey. We just have to trust God. That's the truth. Take it by faith. Because thank God for Paul that obeyed. That's the truth. That is why, you know, uh, one of the, the memory verse for, for, for us, you know, for this month that we are pushing is that I may know God, that I may know you, Father. That I just want to know you. I want to be intimate with you in Philippians 3.10 that says that I may know you, the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering, being conformed to your death. All I want to do is to know you. All I want to do is to experience you. All I want to do is obey you. I want to experience your fullness. And that's the truth. I don't want to live every day the same way. That's the honest truth. I want to experience God differently every day. I want to go somewhere and this is what I come back home and say, God, this is, and tell my wife, tell my children, tell those around me, this is what I experience about this day, about God's faithfulness, about God's goodness. Let, one day is never the same as the other day. And that's the truth. But it starts with us simply obeying God. It's not about what we think. It's all about what God thinks. Because we know, as the scripture says, he knows the beginning and the ending. As he told Jeremiah as well, that before I formed you in the mother's womb, I ordained you. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. The only way you can fulfill those plans and purpose is just simply obeying me and following my commandment. And that is what God is saying. So one thing that I will go home with today, by the grace of God, is that Partial obedience is no obedience. And that's the truth. Because we rob ourselves of what God wants to do through us, for us, for the nations. As we buy it, let us take ourselves before God and ask God that Father, the grace to fully obey you, the grace not to doubt you, the grace not to question you. Father, help give me this grace in the name of Jesus. I want to live my life to the fullness. I want to live my life, one that you yourself would testify that I have found this gentleman. I have found myself, a man after your own, that will do all your will, that will not compromise your will, that will not partially obey you, but will fully obey you because I trust you. Father, help me to be one, a man. Help me to be a lady here, a fool that is totally obedient to you in the name of Jesus Christ. One that totally trusts you in the name of Jesus. One that is ready to die for you in the name of Jesus. One that is ready to take his or a cross ah, in the name of Jesus. Father, just help me here. Father, I appreciate that I am but flesh. But Lord, but your grace is sufficient for me. Lord, grace me up this day. Grace me up this week in the name of Jesus. That this week, let me experience you in a new way in the name of Jesus. Let me experience you in a new dimension. Ah, I want, I want, I, I just want to love you. Help me, oh God, in the name of Jesus. I appreciate that by myself I can do nothing. But Father, and I appreciate that your grace is sufficient for me. Father, help me in the mighty name of Jesus.